Hey guys, welcome to Hallowed Groundling. I hope you're doing really well. I'm here tonight to continue the Halloween series. Tonight we're going to be doing Halloween and Halloween 2, the ones by Rob Zombie. So that would be really exciting. And uh, I'm psyched to continue on. And then we have one more after this, which is the brand new Halloween movie that will be the next podcast in the series. Before we start up, I would like to just talk about, we have a few movies coming up. Um, We're at mid-March right now, actually. And we have next week, actually a week from tonight, is uh, Us, which I'm so excited to see. (laughs) I think my, my friends and my husband are probably sick of hearing me talk about Us because it's just... It looks like the best best movie of the year so far. I'm I'm really excited about this movie. I, I I loved Get Out, and I can't wait to see what he has in store for us with this this film. The trailers look amazing. The trailers are so creepy. I love Lupita Nyong'o. I love that she's the lead in a horror movie. That's amazing, and it just looks like a fascinating story. You know, that's what I love about it. Where every time I I see another trailer and I see another little bit of it. I've also, I don't want to get too many spoilers and, and thankfully Jordan Peele is not really releasing many spoilers, but, um, a lot of people are, are watching the trailers and they're kind of, you know, guessing what's, what's happening in it. And there's some really fascinating theories out there about what's happening within it. And I actually, when I watched one of them, I picked up things that I hadn't even picked up in the trailer because they're just such quick, quick flashes in the film. So it should be pretty fascinating to see how the movie unfolds. I can't wait. I'm also really excited to find out that apparently it's a part of a trilogy uh, that he's going to be doing another film after this. And so Get Out, Us, and then the third film will be his trilogy. And that's very exciting. I keep. I hope he keeps making horror films. He's just fantastic. I, I love. I loved Get Out. So this is. I think this one's going to be really good too. So it looks incredibly creepy. I hope it's great. <laughs> and then of course. Um, in the beginning of April, there's the release of Pet Cemetery, um, and I'm still on the fence about how I feel. I will go see it because it is my favorite, but I'm a little bit on the fence about what they've done to it. I don't, um, not just with changing Ellie as the one who's killed, but it, there's other things that are involved as well that I, I'm noticing that are bothering me. Because I, I feel like they got very, very far away from the core of the story, and they're just kind of turning it into a. Uh, you know, a slasher movie uh, or, a you know, just a ridiculous reincarnation kind of zombie story that it just is starting to look like that to me. And I'm getting a little bit antsy about it. So, <laughs> but I'll go see it and, you know, see how I feel about it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm not holding out much hope that it's going to be really good or anything, but I'm hoping maybe it will be. I was really let down when I found out that Ellie uh, is the one that dies because I just feel like that's a ridiculous change and I don't understand why they made it. And there's a lot of other things that they didn't have at first in the story. You know, they didn't have the, um, they didn't have Zelda. They didn't have, you know, and there's, those are core elements to the story. You know, um, you know, she's the main reason why Rachel is so terrified of death, you know, and, and, and a very big underlying reason why Lewis does what he does because Rachel loses her mind when Gage dies and he, you know, he, he never says it outright, but it's definitely, he wants his family mended, you know, and he wants Rachel to be whole again because he knows that it completely destroyed her when Gage died. So I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm feeling like it's not, uh, I mean, I, I'm excited about the Wendigo prospect. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I hope we see the Wendigo. But, you know, the truth is we never really saw the Wendigo in the book. Uh, you said, it, Lewis saw eyes, 
you know, and he saw some great eyes up above, but he, he heard him moving, but he never, or he heard it moving, but he never saw the Wendigo. So I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, people are like, oh, I hope I get to see it. And I'm like, I really don't want to see it because that's the point. You don't, you don't want to see it. It's that's, that's the whole thing of it. It's got really close to them. And obviously it touched, you know, the ground and, and, and Gage and, you know, Lewis in a way too, but it didn't, you know, they never saw it or anything like that. So I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. I'm trying not to be too negative, but everything I'm seeing is not making me feel any better and everything I'm reading about it is not making me feel any better. So we'll get to go see us next week and then I'll go see Pet Cemetery and hopefully it'll surprise me and be really great. So that being said, uh, there's also, speaking of Pet Cemetery, there's going to be a release of the 4-H. I always do that. I always do 4-H. Like, it's the... <laughs> Sorry, it's Friday afternoon. I'm tired. It's been a long week. Um, the 4K version of Pet Cemetery. Uh, it's a, a great release. Apparently, it's got all kinds of extras on it, a behind-the-scenes, a new behind-the-scenes uh, making of. And uh, it's just a nice remaster of the original 1989 movie. So hopefully um, that's going to be awesome. That's coming out, I think, right before. I think it's coming out like the week before, I want to say. I think it's March 26th, if I'm not mistaken. So that should be pretty cool. That'll be a really neat, um, neat thing to come out right before the new movie. So let's look out for that. So let's get right to it. Let's get into Halloween. I, I wanted to go into tell you a little bit about what's coming up in the horror world. There's also some other stuff coming up too. So, but let's get into Halloween, shall we? <laughs> so Halloween, the first Halloween that Rob Zombie made came out in 2007. It was directed by Rob and written by Rob. Uh, he he did both for this one. So he um, apparently you know went to John Carpenter to get his approval to make this film and John Carpenter very much gave it to him and said, you know, make it your own, kind of do do what you want with it. Apparently, Rob originally wanted to make it a complete uh, kind of prequel story to what happens in the original Halloween. So he wanted Michael's whole backstory. But they rejected that. They said you have to make it, you know, you have to have Lori, you have to have the whole story on Halloween night. You can't just do, you know, the night that he killed his sister and everything when he's a kid. They don't like people want to see him as a grown up. They want to see the mask. They want to see everything. So apparently the Weinsteins said no. And, um, but he ended up getting to do, you know, it's a good, I'd say, I, I didn't, I didn't mark the exact time, but it's a good, what, half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, it's a two hour horror film. It's pretty long. And, uh, it's like a good 45 minutes that's Michael as a child where we get to see him as a little kid and it's fascinating. So let me talk a little bit about the cast first and then I'll kind of go into, um, you know, a little bit about the synopsis. I mean, we know basically what it's about, but it it does have some new elements as a remake. Um, so Malcolm McDowell came in as Dr. Loomis, which was a great addition. I remember being really excited finding out that Malcolm McDowell was going to play Dr. Loomis in the new film because He's fantastic. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him a few years ago when I went to TerrorCon here in Providence, and he was lovely. He was so nice. Uh, and I, I went up and I had him sign a photo from Time After Time, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen Time After Time. I love that movie. It's uh, he's He plays H.G. Wells, and he goes back in his time machine and 
who who hitched a ride but Jack the Ripper. And it's in the 70s. He goes into like the 1970s. Mary Steenburgen is in it. Um, the actor who plays Jack the Ripper, his name is flying out of my head at the moment. I'll have to look it up and find it for you guys. But it's a really cool movie. It's like he, he's kind of adapting to, to life in the 70s, basically. Um, and he falls for this woman and and then, of course, Jack the Ripper, though, is going around and he's, he's you know, killing off women at discos and stuff. And he has to stop him and basically bring him back to um, the past, you know, to get him back where he needs to be. Um, but it's a really great movie. And when I... Uh, when I saw it, it was so funny because um, David Warner, I had to look it up real quick for you guys. He's a great character actor. Uh, he's been around for a very long time. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Titanic. He played um, Vince Vaughn's uh, bodyguard who like handcuffs Jack to the thing. He's been, he was in In the Mouth of Madness. He plays the doctor at the beginning that talks to... Um, you know, to Sam Neill, he's he's just a really great character actor, and he was wonderful as Jack the Ripper in the movie. But anyway, it was really funny. I walked up to Malcolm McDowell, and I um, and I said, I was like, I had the picture from time after time from. He had a massive table because of, he's had a huge career, obviously, and like you know, a quarter of it was all Clockwork Orange, you know, and then it was like there was a lot of Halloween stuff because it was a horror convention, and uh, I grabbed time after time because I was like, oh God, I love this movie, you know. And I'm not a huge fan of the of Clockwork Orange. I, I mean, I don't hate it by any means. I've seen it one time. Uh, that was enough for me. It was. I love horror movies, but it's a, it's a very it's so disturbing and it, the rape and all the it just, there's a lot in it that I'm like, oh my god. And it's a little much every time I've you know seen clips from it afterwards. I've only watched it in its entirety one time and that was kind of enough for me but anyway I do love him as an actor I think he's fantastic and he was excellent as Dr. Loomis but I walked up to him with time after with the picture from time after time and he looked down and he said oh you like this movie and I said I do and he started laughing and he's like not many people have asked to for me to sign this and I was like oh I said I love that movie I said it creeped me out when I was a kid and he said oh you saw it when you were young I said oh yeah I was probably about like 11 or 12 when I saw it I said I said I loved it and I mean I said I loved you in it you're fantastic and he was very nice he was very 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 sweet. Um, so it was fun to meet him. And I was really excited that he played Dr. Loomis in both this film and in part two. So moving on with the, with the cast, uh, Brad Dorif, the fantastic Brad Dorif plays Sheriff Brackett. Um, Brad Dorif, of course, uh, was, is Chucky, is the voice of Chucky. He's also Billy Bibbit. Um, he's just a wonderful character actor, and he's wonderful as Sheriff Brackett, too, in it. Uh, Tyler Maine came in as Michael Myers. Uh, he is 6'8". He's a very, very tall guy. I actually saw him at TerrorCon as well. I didn't meet him, but I did see him, and he is humongous. He's this very massive, broad-chested, very tall guy. Apparently very nice and very cool, though. Everybody who met him said he was very nice. Um, but he's very imposing as Michael because he's so damn big. I mean, the minute you see him, he's just, he's, fan he's like, huge. Um Dag Furch, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that pro pro properly, uh, he plays young Michael, and he's wonderful in it, too. He's a really great little actor. He's, in, like, really fantastic in it. And then, of course, the fantastic Sherry Moon Zombie, who I love to pieces, plays Deborah Myers, Michael's mom. Um, William Forsyth plays Ronnie White. Uh, I love William Forsyth, so he's like her... Deborah's like, current boyfriend. I don't think they're married. I don't think they're, like... I think she's... 
I think she, he was Angel's father, but I'm not 100% sure. He might not be, you know, so we don't know. Um, but he's wonderful in it. And, of course, he, he was also the sheriff in Devil's Rejects. Uh, he, he played the sheriff, the brother of the of the other sheriff that was killed in House of a Thousand Corpses. And then he comes back and, and you know, and, of course, he tortures the, um, the three in Devil's Rejects. And he's wonderful. I love him so much. He, he's also, he was Flat Top in uh, the Dick Tracy movie. And I loved Flat Top. He was my favorite. And of course, he was also Evel in Raising Arizona. He was uh, uh, John Goodman's brother, you know, partner in crime, basically, in, in Raising Arizona. And they're wonderful together in that. So he's a, he's a really great character actor. And he's great in this. He's a, he's a jerk. You know, he's a complete and total asshole. But he he's really great in the movie. Uh, Scout Taylor Compton came in as Lori. Uh, I have a really cool Scout Taylor Compton story. Um, I was at the the Terracon, the one I was talking about before. It was the last day, and I was shopping, and I was at this really big uh, poster booth that was at the the show, and they're always at, you know, all the Comic-Cons. And I was at this poster booth, and I was looking through posters, and all of a sudden, um, this woman came up, and she was talking to the guy who owned the booth, and you know, he was saying, oh, yeah, I have those put aside for you. He goes, I have that other one that you want. And she said, oh, great. And he pulled it down, and it was a poster of the movie Head, the monkeys movie Head. And my husband and I had just gone to see the monkeys back in November. This was in the in February. And I said, oh, what a cool poster. And she said, oh, isn't it great? She said, it's for my boyfriend, and he loves the monkeys. And I said, oh, I just got to see them. I said, back in November. She said, you did? I said, yeah, I saw, we saw Mickey and Peter. And of course, Peter Tork just died, you know, now, but this was back then he was alive and well. Um, and, you know, and, and I, I said, yeah, it was great. And she said, oh my God, he'd be so jealous. He wants to see them so badly. I said, I'm sure they're, you know, they're touring their new albums. Great. And she and I are just chatting and, and laughing. And, and she said to the guy, you know, can you put it aside for me because I'm not leaving yet. And he, he said to her, <laughs> cause he was kind of gruff. He, he wasn't the nicest guy. And he said, um, I don't really remember the celebrities' names. And he said, what, what's your name again? And she said, Scout Taylor Compton. And I looked and I just went, I said, oh, my God. I was like, you're, you're Lori Strode in, in the Rob Zombie Halloweens. And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, my God, I never would have, re- I mean, I never would have recognized her in a million years. And, of course, she was, a, she was very young when she made the movies. And, you know, because she, she's, she's young now. You know, she's, I think she was probably in her, I think she was in her late teens. She wasn't that old when she made the movie. I'd have to look up and see how exactly how old she was. But anyway, when I saw her a few years ago, I mean, you'd ne- I would never would have recognized her. Her hair was short. It was dyed. She just looks different than she did when she made the movies. And she was such a nice person. I said, oh, my God, you were fantastic in the Halloween movies. And she was, you know, very gracious, very sweet. She's like, oh, thank you so much. And I, I said, I, you know, it was like, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're so interested. You too. And she asked my name and she shook my hand and she said, oh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I said, you too. You know, and so she was just incredibly sweet. So whenever I rewatch the Halloween movies, I always think of how sweet she was whenever I see her, you know, running around screaming her head off during the movies. <laughs> but she's really great in the movies too. She's a really great Lori. She's very, she's, you know, cause Lori's so different than she was in the original Halloween, you know, she's kind of a bad girl and a little, a little bit. She's, she's definitely more behaved than her friends, but she's still, you know, a little bit of a, she's not much as much of a wallflower as Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori was. You know, she seems to be a little bit more of a fun risk taker, especially in part two. So, um, yeah, I, I really like her a lot, though, as Lori. I think she's fantastic. Um, 
So there were a lot of great cameos in both the Halloween movies. Uh, of course, one of the, the most famous ones was Daniel Harris, who played Annie Brackett. So Annie, uh, they brought Annie, the character of Annie, back, uh, Laurie's friend. And Daniel Harris, of course, played Jamie Lloyd in um, Halloween 4 and 5 when she was a little girl. So she played the daughter of Laurie Strode in, in 4 and 5, and now she's playing Annie in the, in the new film. And apparently, from what I read, uh, originally... What Rob wanted was he wanted Danielle to play Lori, and he wanted Sherry Moon to play Annie. And I said, oh, that just seems... Because Sherry looks... I mean, she's beautiful, and she, but I'm like, she doesn't look like a teenager, not by any means. But apparently, Danielle Harris was 29 when she did the first Halloween movie, which... I would never believe she looks so young and she still looks young. So I, I, I was shocked to find out that she was 29 years old when she played um, Annie in the first Halloween movie. And obviously, because the second one was a couple of years later, she was already in her 30s when she was still playing a teenager. So, But she is great in the movie. She's fantastic as Annie. And... Um, We'll get a little bit more into her in a minute. So then, of course, so there's some other great cameos that are in the movie. Dee Wallace played, plays Cynthia Strode, Lori's adoptive mom. Of course, Dee Wallace was in The Howling, and she was in E.T., and she's just awesome. And she's wonderful. It's a great little part for her. Um, the great Ken Foray comes in. Uh, he plays Big Joe Grizzly, who's a guy at, like, a rest stop bathroom. Um, and Michael, you know, steals um, his stuff and, like, you know, breaks in on him when he's in the bathroom and everything. And Ken Forey is fantastic. Um, you know, and, and Rob, of course, used him as well in Devil's Rejects. He played Charlie, uh, the pimp, who um, is friends with Captain Spaulding, and then, of course, sends them down the river, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, it's a, he's, he's really great, though. And it's a nice little cameo in the movie. Um, speaking of other fun cameos, and I talked about the monkeys a little while ago, Mickey Dolenz plays Derek Allen, who's the gun shop owner, when Dr. Loomis goes to get a gun. It is the great Mickey Dolenz. Um, I remember when I saw the movie, I was like, oh, my God, it's Mickey Dolenz. Like, I knew it the minute I saw him. <laughs> like, he, he looks like a rednecky kind of, you know, gun shop typical gun shop owner and uh he's he's wonderful he, he he's really great and it. it's a nice little cameo for him um sid haig of course has a little cameo as uh, chester chesterfield and of course the great danny trey who has a uh, a wonderful cameo as a guard at the asylum and uh, i always feel so bad for him in the movie <laughs> i feel terrible because he's so nice to michael and then of course michael like really tortures him i mean he just you know, he, he like beats him and then tries to drown him and then he drops a television on his head. It's like, oh my God. And he's just, it keeps saying, I'm nice. I was nice to you. I just, my heart breaks for Danny Trejo. Every time I watch the movie, I'm always like, oh my God, that poor guy, a poor character, you know, but you know, Michael's a sociopath and that's who he is. And you can't be friends with him, unfortunately. So, um, um, <laughs> uh, so a cool part about, um, you know, about, about the, the, the Halloween, as I mentioned, this Halloween, as I mentioned earlier, is that, you know, a lot of it takes place at the beginning where we learn a little bit about Michael. We get to hear Michael talk. We get to see Michael as a teenager. Um, and we see already that he's very disturbed. You know, Michael kills his pet rat. We don't see that at the beginning. And then they find like a dead cat in his, his locker and the pictures of dead animals. And obviously he's having a fascination with death. And, um, I have to say, you know, like when his, you know, like his mom goes off and, and the soundtrack's so beautiful with like Love Hurts playing in the background. I love that with her stripping to Love Hurts. It's amazing. And then, 
you know, when Michael comes in and he kills the, you know, the boyfriend at the step, well, the stepfather, I'll put quotes on that. And, uh, and then kills, you know, the, the sister's boyfriend and then kills the sister and, you know, and then you have to watch like his mom come home and find every, you know, finding everybody and the police coming and all that stuff. It's really disturbing. It's like, gives it kind of a, a more of a, a you know, natural touch than we see in the original, uh, in the original film where you just kind of see it happen. You see the parents come home and that's it, you know, and then Michael's, you know, a grown up, and he's just the shape. He's not any, even any, um, you know, it seems like he doesn't even have a personality in a way. So when you watch this, it gives him personality, it gives him a background. And um, I think that's fascinating. I really like this version of the film. I remember when I originally saw this movie, I didn't get to see it in the theater. Um, I ended up renting it like right when it came out. And, you know, I said, after I watched it, I was like, wow, um, I've seen the original Halloween so many times. And I said, this movie actually scared me, even though I knew it was going to happen. Like, I, and, and because it was kind of surprising, there were things that happened during it that were a little bit shocking. And that was really cool. That was a cool part about it was that you, he kind of kept you guessing. You didn't know if everything was going to happen the way it was supposed to. Like, for instance, you know, Annie doesn't die, which is a big shocker. Um, you know, Annie lives, uh, through, through the film, you know, Linda dies and her boyfriend and, and, but, um, and Annie's boyfriend dies, Paul, and, you know, it's it's really disturbing. Um, and then, of course, you know, like, he, you know, when he gets her into the, you know, like in the pool and all, you know, and Dr. Loomis comes and you think it's over, but then it's not over. And it's just, it's really disturbing. You know, it's a, it's a really, and then, of course, they do reveal that uh, the brother and sister connection at the end of the film, Brad Dorff reveals that, uh, that he knew that they were brother and sister, even, you know, his daughter's good friends with her and but knows that what her past is and and that she was adopted by the strodes and everything so it's it's i think it's a really i don't know it's a great version of the film i think um so the plot line that's at the hospital uh, it, it, during the film is a nod to the added footage that they had to make uh, with the original Halloween. So when the original Halloween was released and put out to be on cable, they had to add scenes because they had to cut so much out because of the murders when they put it on television. So John Carpenter actually filmed special scenes with Dr. Loomis that you can see when you watch the, um, the extended versions of Halloween. I have um, the, those versions of it. And it's pretty cool. You get to see like all the um, these like extra scenes that they made so that they could put it on television and could still cut all the murder scenes out or the very gory murder scenes out. Um, so yeah, the, that that plot line at the hospital is kind of a nod to that. Um, so the um, the movie actually was delayed uh, being made because of the death of Mustafa Akkad. So Mustafa Akkad was the original producer of the the original Halloween. And he very tragically was killed in a terrorist bombing in Jordan in 2000. And I think it was in 2007, actually. Um, no, it was in 2005. Sorry. And uh, he died in that along with his daughter, I believe it was. His son has now taken over. His son was the producer of the new Halloween. Um, so they're kind of carrying on the legacy because, of course, they owned a lot of the rights to the Halloween films. They got that in the deal with John Carpenter. So, um let me see. Talk about a little bit more. So, um, 
this is a kind of neat little fact. Uh, Danielle, Danielle Panabaker, who played Jenna in the Friday the 13th remake in 2009, she plays the lead female in that. She auditioned for the role of Lori. Uh, she didn't get it, obviously. You know, Scout Taylor Compton got it. And then Compton auditioned for Friday the 13th for Jenna and Daniela, Danielle beat her out. So I thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> she's a pretty good part of that movie. I mean, that movie's not fantastic, but she's definitely a good part of that movie. Um, and this is, of course, the first and only movie where Michael talks. Uh, Michael never talks again in this, in any of these. I also enjoy that when, you know, when Michael kills people, he grunts a lot. He's very physical and he's very, um, because he's just so massive. He's just such a, it's just a big guy, you know? Um, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, Malcolm McDowell had never seen the original Halloween, which I found shocking um, when he did this film. He just agreed to do it sight unseen, and he had never seen the original ha- Halloween. He'd never seen Dr. Loomis. He'd never, you know, he, so he, he definitely wasn't doing any Donald Pleasance. He definitely was doing his own his own thing for Dr. Loomis, but pretty cool. Um, some other neat little facts about the movie. It uh, When you see the girls in the, like in the library talking about what they're going to do that night for Halloween. And Lori looks out the window and sees like the iconic scene where she looks out the window and sees Michael looking in at her that Michael's actually standing in front of the house from the original Halloween of it's, which is very cool. I found that out when I was doing research, I was like, that's so neat. Uh, and when I was watching, rewatching it, I said, Oh my God, there's the house. There's (laughs) cause I just never noticed it before that they're in front of Tommy's house. Um, in, in the original Halloween. So Michael stands there watching Laurie through the window when the girls are talking about what they're going to do that night. So kind of a neat little fact. So there you go. There's Halloween one. So Halloween two came out in 2009 and it was again, written and directed by Rob Zombie, the same, uh, cast of the people, the people that lived, obviously, uh, the main cast come back. Um, you know, scout comes back as Laurie, uh, Brad Dorif comes back as Sheriff Brackett, Michael McDowell comes back as uh, as Dr. Loomis. And uh, some changes. Uh, the young Michael, when we see him in flashbacks, is actually played now by Chase Wright Vanek because um, I guess the original Michael, he was a little too old when they made the new one. So um, there's uh, some other great cameos in Halloween, too, as well. Um, so Richard Brake comes in as uh, he plays like an ambulance driver. He's kind of a pig <laughs> ambulance driver named Gary Scott. And um, so Richard Brake actually played uh, Doomhead in 31, Rob Zombie's movie 31. He was kind of the lead in that across from Sherry Moon. And I'm not crazy about 31. It's not a favorite Rob Zombie movie of mine, but um, I think for his list, least less popular ones, um, I love Lords of Salem. I think Lords of Salem is a fantastic movie. It's It's very underrated in my opinion. Um, but 31, I just, it didn't, I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. I wasn't really excited about, it, but he was very good in it. He's very creepy. He has a very angular face and very animated face. And, uh, he's pretty scary in the movie. And especially when he's like kind of chasing her down in the movie, he's, he's very scary in it, but that's where he met him was on Halloween two and liked him so much and ended up using him for 31. Um, some other great cameos in Halloween two are Octavia Spencer. The great Octavia Spencer plays nurse Daniels. Uh, in the in the hospital in the beginning, and of course she gets horribly butchered by Michael. <laughs> um, 
the great Richard Reichel plays Buddy, the uh, security guard at the hospital as well. I like him a lot. He's a great character actor who's been around for a long time. Um, Margot Kidder plays Barbara Collier, who is Laurie's psychiatrist, the great Margot Kidder. Um, apparently the reason that she was picked for this was because, uh, Rob Zombie loves Black Christmas. It's like one of his all time favorite horror movies. So he asked Margot Kidder. She played, I think it was Barbara Colder or something. It's very similar to her name that she has in Halloween, in Halloween too. And, um, you know, and she's wonderful in it, you know, you, like, of course, we just lost her, you know, but she was she was really wonderful in it. So it was a great little cameo as well. Um, so out of the two of them, this is my favorite. I like Halloween 2 more than I like Halloween 1, <laughs> which, you know, apparently Rob wasn't even going to make Halloween 2. And uh, the studio said, we are making another one because the first one did well. And, of course, they wanted more money. So he said, forget it. I'm going to write it and I'm going to do it because I don't want somebody to mess it up or do something terrible with it. Excuse me, I needed a sip. But I really like Halloween too. And the thing that I love about it is that it really it goes away from the original Halloween too. You think it's going to be on the same path where it's, you know, they go to the hospital and you think it's just going to follow that same night. And what's wonderful about it is it's all a dream and Lori wakes up from the dream screaming or was it like something that happened that night? We don't even know, but when she wakes up screaming, we realize, you know, she lives now with Annie and Chief Brackett and she's obviously got a lot of baggage from what happened to her um, on Halloween the year before. And she is, you know, they never found Michael's body, you know, they, they, you know, like they can never, so she like, it's it's been this whole big question mark. She believes he's dead. Everybody believes he's dead. And of course, then we see him kind of like traveling like this nomad trying to get back to, um, you know, to Haddonfield and get back to, 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 to get to Lori on by Halloween. And, you know, the great part about this movie is we try to see Lori's trying to pick up the pieces. She's trying to, you know, make everything okay again. You know, she lost her, her parents, her adopted parents died, obviously. And the neat part is, is like we see also, you know, Dr. Loomis has written this kind of true crime tell all book about Michael. And he's being a real jerk traveling around and being very full of himself. And, you know, he's obviously gotten some, some fame and, you know, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a shift in gears from the original film. That's kind of what I love about it is that it's, it's not, it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to kind of follow along the same formula. And apparently Rob didn't like Halloween two original, the original Halloween two. I like Halloween two. I mean, I know I talked about it in the, in this podcast. I really like it a lot. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's, um, it's creepy in its own way. It's weird. You know, um, I enjoy it, but he doesn't like it and he didn't want to follow the formula and be in the hospital the entire film. He wanted to, you know, kind of explore what Lori would be going through. And I think that's a great idea. I love that he did that. I love the supernatural f- element to the film with beautiful, you know, God, Sherry Moon is just so, as I said, just so beautiful. And her with the white horse and like what the white horse rep- represented. Um, I love the whole opening at the hospital and hearing Knights in White Satin in the background. It's so incredibly creepy. And, you know, he just had this, he just had this great atmosphere for Halloween too. It was wonderful. I loved it. Um, you know, and then, like I said, when it gets into the harsh reality and we see where Lori is now and that she's, 
you know, she's going through a lot and she's really disturbed because of what's happened to her. And she's just trying to put everything together. She's got her friends, you know, that she's trying to like, you know, hang out with and just be a normal teenager and enjoy Halloween and enjoy everything. I love that the three of them dress up as Columbia and Frank and Magenta from Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think that's wonderful. Every time I see it, it makes me happy and smile. Every time I see the three of them walking into the Halloween party together dressed as that. Um, so some neat little, you know, of course, you know, if you know, the, like the synopsis of what happens, you know, of course, Michael comes back and, uh, you know, he, he just tracks Lori down and over his shoulder, the entire, uh, movie, he has, you know, his mother, Deborah with the, you know, who's like talking in his ear, basically telling him, come home, come home and, you know, bring Angel home. And that's Lori when she was a little girl, her name was Angel and, it's just, it's a really great movie. I re- I love it so much. I love, I love every element of it. I think it's, it's really well done. I think it's even just more, just a, more of an in-depth look at these characters than he even did in part one, which, you know, was such an in-depth look into Michael as a child and what he went through and, you know, what kind of person he became. And I, I just like that a lot, you know? And, um, one of the, so a couple of like little neat, Neat, little neat tidbits about it, some little neat things is uh the band that's actually playing um at the Halloween party is playing a song called Terror Train and of course, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was known for doing the movie Terror Train. I thought that was kind of cool. Um he, you know, like I said, he didn't want to do this movie, so he just, you know, he he but he said when he found out it was going to be done anyway, he decided to just I'm going to write it. I'm going to make it the way it should be. I don't want somebody to do it and do it terribly. And and I'm so glad he did because I think he, he made a really excellent film and it's very weird. And the last scene is so incredibly haunting in the film. You know, when we see that, you know, this long, long, long white corridor and it's obvious that Lori's now in an asylum because she's, you know, she's completely lost it and she's sitting on the bed and she looks up and she sees, you know, her mother, you know, Deborah with the white horse and the white dress walking toward her and that slow smile comes on her face. And I love that every single time I see it, it makes me, gives me chills because it's, it's very reminiscent of Karen Black and Trilogy of Terror. It's just a very like, you know, she's looking into the camera, like she might be the next killer. Like this is going to, you know, it's going to go over to her now. Um, and I just love it. I think it's, I think it's a great movie and it's definitely worth a rewatch. I I rewatched it uh, yesterday in preparation for doing the podcast and I had rewatched one and, uh, and two. And, and I just, every time I watch two, I realize how much I really love it. I'm like, this is such a great movie. You know, they're connected in a way, you know, like of course when he, when he kills the dog, which I hate that scene, but, (laughs) um, when he kills the dog and like Lori kind of feels that and, you know, she throws up at the same time and it's like, almost like they're connected in a way. And, and, and I thought that, uh, that element of it was very fascinating to do that, to give them a connection. So that's about it, guys. There you go. There's Halloween 1 and 2 by Rob Zombie. And uh, I think we've done all the Rob Zombie movies except for 31 and Lords of Salem, probably. I'll have to do Lords of Salem when I talk about maybe witch movies or something. I'll I'll talk about Lords of Salem because I really love that movie a lot. It's a favorite of mine. Anyway, there you go. And uh, the very last podcast in this Halloween series will be the new Halloween movie that came out in 2018. I'm excited to do that one. I had a lot of fun watching that. I'm going to rewatch it before I do the podcast to get myself refreshed again. And uh, I really loved it. I have a lot to say about that one. So 
There you go, guys. Um, so I also am going to be doing another little contest. I've been meaning to do it now for a few weeks, and I've been putting it off, and I really want to do it. So I'm going to think I'm going to try to do it tonight. Actually, uh, we're going to have another little contest to try to uh, boost up more more followers, and um, it's a surprise. I'll, I'll let you know. You guys will see it on my Twitter feed, and I will be sending it out there. So I hope you guys have a really great night. I hope you're having a really great week and I'll see you soon. Stay spooky. Bye.